Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, January the 26th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go through a really intense 10-game NBA slate with nine teams on the second night of a back-to-back. So when you combine, you know, 20 teams playing, nine teams on the second night of a back-to-back, and all of the COVID stuff, all of the injuries, it is going to be a fun slate. <clears throat> I love it, though. I think this gives us a great edge here at Coach Talk. We love to break this down game by game, team by team, figure it all out and get that gigantic edge. I mean, it's easy when you have a two-game slate with no changes. Everybody's playing the same stuff. But when you really have to dig in and take a look at this and figure it all out, um, it it really makes it uh, worthwhile because you're going to get some good edge. So we'd love to have you join us here at DFS Coach Talk. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com. Several memberships you can sign up there, even our three-day membership, which uh, is just $10. So if you want to dip your toes in the water and check us out, that's a great opportunity to do that. Also, in case you hear noise in the background today, they are replacing my roof. And it sounds like they are tearing down the world here. So you can probably hear that. I'm safe. There's no earthquakes. They're just taking the roof off of this building here and replacing it. And it's not pretty. So I apologize if the news uh, or the, the sound uh, interrupts. All right. We're not going to mess around today. We don't have the time to do that. We're going to go after this sucker right from the get-go. Game number one, there's three games at 7 o'clock, so we get three early starts. And all three sites, DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo, all have the 10-game main slate. So that makes it much better. All right, 7 o'clock, Charlotte Hornets at the Indiana Pacers. Charlotte's favored by one and a half on the road. How about that? Nice 226 total. 113.75 implied for Charlotte, 112.25 uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Charlotte comes in 26 and 22, the Pacers 17 and 31. And we know there's, you know, they've been banged up, had tons of guys in and out, and today is no different. Charlotte has Gordon Hayward questionable. He missed uh, the game yesterday. And Charlotte is the second night of a back-to-back, -back, by the way. Um, Indiana is not. They're one of the teams uh, on an island game. So Hayward uh, playing or not playing is an important piece. Definitely Cody Martin, uh, Kelly Oubre, and the ejected P.J. Washington from yesterday. We had one of our members with an all-fire um, emojis, and then P.J. Washington got uh, ejected. So uh, Mike, sorry, man, that, that was a tough one to swallow. So I'm sure you're not going to be going back to him anytime soon. After that, uh, Jaden, uh, I'm sorry, Jalen with an L, McDaniels, is out. His brother Jaden plays for Minnesota. So they're missing uh, McDaniels and possibly Hayward. So the, the three guys I mentioned uh, that they usually bring off the bench, one will start <clears throat> and the other two will get a lot more uh, action. Indiana, it's not as pretty. We do have a, a questionable tag on Sabonis. So that is huge news. We'll have to have that before lock for sure. I mean, it's just massive news because 
Uh, we know that Brogdon, McConnell, Turner, and Warren are all out. So, you know, Sabonis obviously becomes a key play uh, in on this slate if he's going to play and if he's going to play without a minutes restriction. Uh, so we'll get that news from there. Um, as far as the statistical look at this game, we've got uh, Charlotte, the, <clears throat> Charlotte, the second fastest paced team in the league. So huge pace up for the Pacers guys that are playing and Indiana 25th. So just the opposite uh, for the Hornet side of the ball. Uh, defense, that's why we have a 226 total here, 24th and 21st uh, defensive efficiency for these two teams. A couple of things to look at. Let's uh, just walk through this with the Hornets. If Hayward's in uh, without restrictions, you can consider him. But LaMelo Ball's at 8-1. <clears throat> he disappointed again last time, so not sure I'm comfortable there. Rogier has gone all the way up to 7-9 now, and uh, I think that's a little high. He's uh, definitely been a little more inconsistent uh, than normal. Miles Bridges is a, a decent play. He is 8-2, so it's a, a big commitment to salary, but I think he's a, a decent play. Um, and if Uber, if uh, Hayward sits, you can certainly consider, except for my our buddy Mike there, 4-7 uh, P.J. Washington. 5-4 Kelly Oubre, or 4K Cody Martin. The other guy that's really working his way into this rotation um, <clears throat> is James Booknight, 3.2. I wouldn't recommend him quite today, but somebody to keep an eye on because uh, he's, he's really earning the fact that he needs to get some minutes. Um, as far as the Pacers go, I think, you know, we've got that same scenario that we had two days ago when I, I talked about Lavert and Duarte uh, wanted one or the other, depending on if Lavert was going to play. They both played and they both uh, played well. So uh, certainly could go back to either one of them here. Lavert is 8-6, but again, a huge pace up uh, going against this second fastest team in the league, uh, Hornets. So Lavert's on the radar. If you want to get a bit, a bit of a discounted price and uh, play a guy going against this quicker pace, Chris Duarte's 2000 cheaper at 66. Uh after that if uh obviously you know if if our man Sabonis plays he's a great play but if he doesn't you've just got an absolute pool of garbage if you ask me. I do not want these guys. Justin Holiday, Tory Craig, Jeremy Lamb, O'Shea Brissett, Lance Stevenson, Dwayne Washington. I mean I know Washington was hot the last game, but you cannot tell me anybody can figure out what that group of guys is going to do. Goga Bataze, you know, I understand it's 6-5. If Sabonis sits, Turner's out. Goga's a decent play. But there were several times that uh, he was played off the floor in that last game. So the question is, you know, will Charlotte do the same thing? If, if they take Plumlee out, he'll, he'll start. And they go with one of the guys we mentioned, Washington or Ubre specifically. They can go small, and they do that. They play Miles Bridges at the five sometimes. If that happens, Goga sits, and uh, you know, then Pacers go small as well. So, not going to touch Goga there. Uh, really, just totally focused on Levert and or Duarte. All right, game two. It's the Milwaukee Bucks and Cleveland Cavaliers. Milwaukee's favored by four. It's a 217 total. 
110 and a half implied for Milwaukee, 106 and a half uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Milwaukee comes in 30 and 19, Cleveland 29 and 19. And uh, Giannis is listed as probable. So certainly counting him in on all my builds today. The guys that are out are cheap shot specialist Grayson Allen, uh, Brooke Lopez. Uh, we have Matthews and Wigington also out. For Cleveland, the big question mark there, again, early 7 o'clock game, so we'll have the news, is Jared Allen. Jared Allen is listed as questionable, and we know Lori Markinen is going to miss two or three games uh, with his most recent injury. So we do have some shuffling there. You know, the, the question will be, you know, do you pay up uh, for Giannis here? Is he one of your key guys to go to? Uh, statistically, these two teams are both on an island game. There's only two games on this whole entire 10-game slate where you have two teams on an island game, and this is one of them. Milwaukee's ninth in pace, and Cleveland is 27th. So huge pace down game for the Bucs. Um, defensively, the problem here and why you've got a 217 total is you've got two top nine defenses in the league. Milwaukee's ninth, Cleveland third. So that is a bit of a deterrent. The other tough spot is when Milwaukee has all their guns, it is really tough to get to them. And it's hard to, to really feel comfortable with it. I know Giannis is excluded from any conversation with something like that, but he is 11-8 and he has Drew Holiday in there at 7-8. He has Chris Middleton at 8-8 and Bobby Portis at 6-8. So, you know, you've got the other three studs with them. They have four legit guys that, you know, can throw a 50 on the board. And then, you know, subbing in for cheap shot master is Pat Connaughton, uh, who's only 4.1 and he was hitting some shots. And then Dante DiVincenzo, he's starting to get his feet under him after being back here for a while. He really contributed last game, and he's only 4K. So it's a little tough. Uh, Cleveland's defense is really good. They play really slow. And I'm just not going to dive into this game you know, with any uh, gusto. I don't believe I'm going to pay up the 11-8 for Giannis. As of right now, he's not making uh, my squad. Very hard to ever eliminate him or the Joker or Embiid. You know, these guys that just seem to smash every game. But, you know, when you're trying to build from top to bottom and have all of your guys uh, get a big number, and, you know, it's amazing. Let's face it, if you're playing the real competitive tournaments and even some of the cash games, the double-ups are tough too, uh, you, you can't have any blanks. I mean, if you put... Uh, you know, if you pay up for a guy like Giannis and it forces you to put in a super cheap guy and he gets to 5X, but that 5X is 19 or 20, uh, it's not going to be enough. So it, it really is competitive and you have to, to balance all of that out. So we do have some great value here and you can make it happen. I'm not saying you can't, but you can't also just, you know, expect a 19 to be part of an, an optimal type lineup at all. So it uh, makes it very tough. So I'm not high on the buck side of the ball. As far as Cleveland, I think there's a couple of things. I, I think Evan Mobley's a phenomenal player. I really like him. But there's two things that I'm concerned with here. One, Jared Allen plays. 
it definitely takes some of the rebounds, some of the uh, blocks a little bit away from Mobley. Not that he can't get there. Again, I'm sorry if you hear the giant noise of the roof being knocked out here. Um, but, you know, he's also going to get Giannis defense. And that's that's a concern. Uh, and Bobby Porta scraps at it. So probably not going to go up to the 8-1 Mobley or the 8K Jared Allen. I, and we need the news on Allen, first of all, if he's going to play or not. If he does sit, I will be tempted to go to Mobley regardless, just because of, uh, you know, the, the amount of usage, the touches, the rebound availability definitely increases uh, when Allen's out. Other than that, your, your go-to guy, Darius Garland, I mean, he's an absolute stud, but he's all the way up to 9-4 and he gets Drew Holiday defense. So, yeah, this I, I'd love to watch this game. I think it'll be a very uh, fun, competitive game with two teams that are making a lot of noise in the East. But I just don't think it's a great def DFS game, uh, really in any manner at all, because we've got such great games, big totals, and back-to-back -back scenarios where we're going to get some guys uh, that are going to just grab all the usage. So, I'm very reluctantly probably going to pass uh, on this game. All right, game three. It's the L.A. Clippers and Orlando Magic. Uh, Orlando is favored by a half point. I love when they do that. There's just It doesn't mean anything. You can't cover by a half point in basketball. But anyway, basically uh, uh, pick them. 212 and a half the total. 106 for the Clippers. That infamous 106 and a half for the Orlando Magic. Uh, in this game, we've got um, Clippers coming in at 24 and 25 with that. Did you see the win last night for the Clippers? You, are you kidding me? They were down 30 at halftime to the Wizards on the road. Then they got down 35, three minutes into the third quarter. And I have no idea how, but they won in regulation. They erased a 35-point deficit on the road in the NBA, and it ended. They, they had this game won a thousand times. They were they were up three, and they let Kennard get the ball to shoot a three instead of just fouling him and putting it the line or fouling somebody. But they fouled him shooting the three. He makes the three, makes the foul shot. They lose by one at home after leading by 35. So. Watch out for the Wizards. There's going to be some fallout. They are in serious turmoil listening to the broadcasters. I'm going to be highlighting Washington games and playing against them for a while because they've got to make a lot of moves. They have a ton of guys unhappy with minutes. They got all those guys back, and it's just a disaster there. So just wanted to mention that because, you know, it's interesting because that was last night. Clippers are on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, you know, but here's the key. When they got down 35, they put their subs in. It was, you know, Amir Coffee and and Kennard and some of these other guys. It wasn't Reggie Jackson. He got benched. Batum got benched. Zubach got benched. It was mainly Coffee and uh, uh, Kennard. Hartenstein played a big role. So even though this is a back-to-back -back for the Clippers, their guys are pretty fresh because they sat uh, at least half the game. <clears throat> well, the second unit brought them back for the win. So what does that do to tonight? I think it makes it more of a normal game for them. I don't think they're just going to go to the subs uh, early like they did 
there. I think that was just done because they didn't really have any other choice at that point. So I'm going to consider this game as a pretty much normal game. So for the Clippers, we've got uh, Morris, Marcus Morris, who missed that game last night. He's questionable. I think he plays personally. I think it was one of those, we're going to play him one of the two back-to-back nights, but we need to keep uh, keep an eye on that. Of course, George Leonard and Preston are out. For the 9-39 and 39 Orlando Magic, uh, Mo Bamba is questionable, so that always gives you a heartburn for sure. The guys that are out, MCW, Fultz, Hampton, Isaac, and more. So somewhat of a similar situation there. Uh, as far as statistically, Clippers 14th in pace, Orlando 11th. Defensively, Clippers 6th, Orlando 23rd. So uh, definitely not good D on the Orlando side. Gives a little bit of a pump up to some of these Clippers players. But again, their bench, they've been using a lot of guys because they've been so shorthanded and have been able to remain right around 500. So uh, kudos to them for sure. Uh, you can look at the Clippers several ways. Reggie Jackson at 6'5", after you know being benched yesterday. Um, Amir Coffey uh, could definitely start and get minutes. He was part of that comeback at a 5'5 number, but you got to be careful. <clears throat> this is only a 212.5 total. Uh, Batum, same deal, you know, was benched, but should be fresh and can get to that 5'7 number. Marcus Morris, if he's in without restrictions at 6'6", it certainly uh, gets my interest. Uh, after that, though, you've got a real crapshoot of players. Zubats, Kennard, Mann, Hartenstein, Bledsoe, Boston, Abaca, and even Winslow. So they're, they've been, you know, next man up by committee playing about 11 guys and uh, trying to get some wins. So not a huge Clippers guy here, but Orlando's defense is so porous. You know, it's very tempting for a Jackson, Coffee, Morris, or even Batum. So one of those guys could make, uh, be a one-off for me today. On the Orlando side, Cole Anthony's been uh, stung me twice in a row now after carrying me to victory several times this uh, season. So I'm a little sour on him. I don't know if it's the situation with Suggs came back. It seemed like Anthony's uh, usage went down. The numbers proved that it did a little bit but it seems like it's been more uh, apparent than, than the numbers even show. So not going to go to uh, Anthony at 6'7", or Suggs at 5'8", but I do think both guys are good prices and the right game flow could, could be a good play. But against a, a, a top uh, six defense in the Clippers and this low of a total, I'm just not going to reach there uh, you know, at this time. Wagner's really hit the sort of rookie wall, been very more inconsistent lately. The guy that's been the best is Wendell Carter Jr., and I will consider him. He's 6'8", though, which is a, a bit of a concern. And, you know, if he's going to grab some Batum defense, some Ibaka defense, I mean, they can play good internal defense. So, uh, And he's also just come back a couple of games here from being out. So, not 100% sure I'm going to go there, but Carter would be my first choice. If Bomba does sit, it, you know, it brings some other guys into play like Chuma Okiki at 4-3. I think he becomes a really good option. Terrence Ross at 3-6. You know, he's always has the capability of getting hot uh, at a really low price. 
All right, <clears throat> we're going to the 7.30 games. There are two of those now. The first one is the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. How about 203 as a total? I wish they should have made it 199 just to blow people's minds. But, yep, you've got two teams here that definitely do not play fast. So it's Miami minus six, 203 total. Poultry 98.5 for the Knicks, 104.5 uh, for the Miami Heat. Um, in this matchup, we've got the Knicks at 23 and 25. The Heat are 30 and 17, despite missing all different guys for big chunks of the season. Uh, amazing job they're doing there, Spolster and, and uh, that Miami Heat organization. Mitchell Robinson is questionable. Toss up to play. We got to watch that as the news goes on. His running mate at center that splits time with him, Nerlens Noel, also questionable. So what a nightmare. You know, we've got that whole Robinson, Noel, and Taj Gibson just, you know, count them all out when they're all playing because they'd split too much. I mean, you may get lucky with Robinson occasionally, but now that you've got two of them questionable, all of a sudden, and I'm going to say this and, and probably uh, throw up in my mouth, but Taj Gibson would become an option if Robinson and Noel are out. Now, it's not a plug-and-play because they do go small and let Randall play the five, but still, if, if somehow Robinson and Noel both get ruled out, I would consider Gibson. Uh, but that's the only case, and we'll see what the news is. I really don't want any of them, to be honest with you. Um, Archie Diacono is out. Uh, Rose is out. For Miami, they have four players out. Lowry, Morris, Akpala, and Oladipo. And I did read that Oladipo is very close to a return. Uh, he may be back as soon as this weekend. So, man, once they get all their players healthy, the Heat are going to be very, very dangerous. All right. This game is uh, that, uh, oh, there's, I guess there's three island games, right? Yeah, this is the second one. This is the second island game on the board. They did neither team played yesterday. The Knicks are 30th in pace, Miami 28th. So walk the ball up the floor is probably going to be something we're going to see. Defensively, on top of that, Knicks are up to 11th. They're getting to respectable level, uh, which is surprising. They're out of the top 10. They were up in the top 10 all last year, but they're 11th, Miami 7th. So all kinds of issues here, you know, with pace and defense, uh, total in Vegas. It's a rough one, man. Very rough. Uh, could you consider somebody here? I mean, not paying the 6-3 for Kemba or 4-2 for Quickly or 6-9 for Burks. I mean, it's just impossible to play those guys. Fournier at 5-8. We know he's had like once every 10 days or so, he'll hit six, seven threes and, and pay off, but then he'll just barely get to his number or he'll be, uh, you know, a, a hard snowflake there on DraftKings. So tough to go there too against this good defense. RJ Barrett's been fantastic lately. He's been, I think he's outplayed Randall even. He's been the best player on their team in the last three weeks or so, but he is seven, eight, and he's going to get uh welcome Mr. Jimmy Buckets defense. So a big giant X uh, on Baird for me. I'm not playing him against Butler. Julius Randle, 9-5. You know, he's going to get harassed by Tucker and Autobio, so I'm not going there. And he's had his struggles. He's had some great games, and his usage is good. 
but he has had some real shooting struggles this year. His three-point shooting is down 10%. You don't see that much of a drop uh, in one season, but he is not shooting the ball well. Uh, so at 9-5, not going there either. And I already explained that the craziness of the center position. <clears throat> For Miami, you know, it looks like it's probably going to be Vincent Robinson, Butler, Tucker, and Autobio. That They're getting some, some good run there. But the great news is Tyler Hero's out of health protocol. So he'll, he's back and ready to roll today. Uh, and he's only 6'6". So he's a consideration. Uh, you know, I played Duncan Robinson the last time, and he was phenomenal, man. He was He's only 4'3". And, you know, I, I like I think he's got a great shot to get to his number and then some again here. So uh, Duncan Robinson is a consideration paying up for Jimmy Butler at eight five. Not the worst idea. He also completely smashed it last time. But again, the pace, you know, the the reduced possessions here is going to be an issue. And that that concerns me for sure. It sounds like these guys are going to come through the damn roof. I can't believe this, but they're going to get it done. Um, <clears throat> after that, you know, it's, you know, bam, it's seven, seven, certainly a consideration, especially if, if Mitch and Noel sit, I do respect their defense. Gibson's okay on D, but he's older now. Uh, so bam in consideration at seven, seven, but this game, you know, one off is at best, just not enough possessions, not enough scoring, not enough opportunity. All right. We go to the other 7.30 game. It's the Sacramento Kings at the Atlanta Hawks. Now we're talking. We go from a 2.03 to a 2.35. So you talk about much more opportunity for tons of DFS points. 32 points more than the last game. You've got Atlanta minus 8.5 and a very impressive implied total of 121.75. Sacramento at 113.25. These teams come in Sacramento reeling like I mean have they not been reeling for the like the last 15 years? Uh they're 18 and 31, looking to blow things up, make changes, you know, just play that same recording every year. That's pretty much explains the Kings. Atlanta Hawks are 21 and 25. They're rumored to possibly be trading Capella and Collins and uh, it seems to be a common theme there now the last couple of years that they're one of the teams that are talked about here as the NBA trade deadline comes up on February 10th. Um, questionable tag on De'Aaron Fox. He was ruled out yesterday. This is a back-to-back -back for Sacramento, uh, but not for Atlanta. Island game for them. Second night of a back-to-back. -back. We think maybe Fox sat yesterday so that he could play today against Young. Um, so I'm hoping that's the case. That's what I've got in my projections right now. So even though he's questionable, I have him as in Halliburton, uh, is, is playing some good ball. He'll be, he'll be in there, but the only, uh, the guy that got hurt really smacked his head bad and, and missed, uh, the rest of the game last night was, uh, Terrence Davis. It was a shame because he went to the hoop really fast. He looked great. And <laughs> this noise is hilarious. Um, and but then he he got knocked down and, and hit his head, so he's out. Uh, more than likely, he's questionable, but I'd be shocked if he plays. If, if he's not in code, uh, concussion protocol, I don't know who is. So, again, he's he's questionable, but I'm considering him out early on. 
And another questionable tag on Metu, which, do, which does matter because of that interior rotation for the Sacramento players. For Atlanta, Bogdanovich looks like he'll be back. He's probable. The guy that's questionable, though, is DeAndre Hunter, who's been playing a bigger role of late. So that's important news to get. Uh, <clears throat> the only other designation is TLC, and he is questionable uh, as well. Statistically, we can look at the Sacramento Kings, sixth in pace, Atlanta, 16th in pace. So we should have, you know, that lends to that 235 number. But this is the one that, that gets me. How about the 28th and 29th? defense in the league so you've got two of the worst three defenses in the entire league um, playing against each other got to target this game I know it's going to be an obvious target for people you know are they going to stack up this game and everything I know stacks have been doing well lately but if you notice don't get carried away with it stacks in baseball yes you got to do it correlation of football I get all that but in basketball stacks seem to work when you have a bunch of guys out and you're going to have like four guys that get almost all the usage. We've seen that recently with like the Raptors and a couple other teams. And those teams do get optimal lineups. I, I saw a 4-3 uh, stack uh, a couple days ago, uh, take down some stuff. But in general, it's, it's not a great idea. And unless you have those teams that you really see that everyone else is out, you know, the ball boys, the fifth guy starter and the scorekeepers, uh, the sixth man. So, you know, when you have those scenarios, go ahead and stack. But, you know, a game like this is tempting to stack. But remember, we've got 10 games and neither one of these teams is missing a ton of good players at all. So that's I just wanted to throw that out there because I know I had that question in discord uh, yesterday, uh, a couple days ago. Who can we play here? If De'Aaron Fox is ready to roll 100%, he is a two, which isn't a bad price. Uh, up and down, though, definitely some risk there, but uh, also some reward. Uh, if Fox sits, Halliburton will be 100% play for me. He's seven five, especially if, if Terrence Davis doesn't play. So in that scenario, Halliburton for sure. I may play Halliburton anyway, even if Fox is in, because he's a fair seven five. And he gets stats all over the place. He can get all kinds of different numbers. Uh, the other, you know, question marks are tough. Let's see what the news is on Davis. But then you have Barnes, Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, Buddy Hill, Davion Mitchell. Uh, you know, all question marks that I just don't see on a cash build of any kind. They're between, you know, 6-3 for Barnes is a little high. People have been trying to force in Holmes a little bit at four or five, and he's just not playing at the level he was, but he's a good play. Uh, I just, uh, I'm probably not going to to go there with, with this many options on the board. So uh, let's see who's in and out with a couple of those guys, but more so looking in the backcourt for the Kings. For the Hawks, uh, you know, you've got Trey, who's been terrific, but he's 10-4. Uh, 10-4 is a big number. Uh, I like it, but I don't know if that's really the spot I want to focus uh, on for sure. Um, Bogdanovich being back at 4-6. We don't know about DeAndre Hunter, but if he is in with no restrictions, they he keep putting him at like 5-5 five, five, like he is today. So he's been super cheap to get in there. Uh, Collins and Capella 
a lot of instability there. I don't know if it's the trade rumors. Uh, they're both certainly capable, but I haven't seen any real ceiling games for either one of them lately. Uh, Collins is only seven and Capella is seven one. So in a lot of situations, those would be a really good number. And maybe this is one of them because we do have that 235 number. Uh, I do want a little exposure from both sides here for sure. Uh, and the question is, you know, do we pay up for the Foxes, Halliburtons and Youngs? Or can we get feel comfortable with some value play in like the, you know, uh, Hunters, Collins, really Capella at mid-level also. So some decisions need to be made there. Some of it will have to do with those questionable players, whether, uh, whether they're in or out. All right, we shift to uh, two 8 o'clock games. The first 8 o'clock game is the Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls. Chicago's favored by four. It's a 218.5 total, 107.25 for Toronto, 111.25 for the Chicago Bulls. Toronto comes in at 23 and 22, Chicago at 29 and 17. Uh, Van Vliet, questionable. Scotty Barnes, questionable. And we had just crazy news with that team. That was one of those stackable teams where they had a ton of guys out. So who knows what's going on there? We definitely need that news. We do know that Birch, Dragic, and Johnson are out. So if Van Vliet and Barnes are ruled in, they're going to pretty much be at full strength. Uh, from you know having very few players last uh, get-go. And that was last night. Toronto played last night. So my gut feeling is Nick Nurse was resting the boys for this game against the Bulls tonight. I think this is an important game for these two teams. And personally, I expect the Toronto guys to play. I'd be very surprised if any of them were ruled out. So in my initial models here and builds, uh, I've got all those guys in. But keep Definitely keep tabs on that. Uh, uh, so Chicago, on the other hand, did not play yesterday. So uh, island game for them. Vuk is uh, probable. And then Tyler Cook, questionable. And then the guys out, Ball, Caruso, Jones, and Williams. So, uh, you know, a couple guys out, and we'll see. I think Vuk will play. But this will be a, a real – Heads up game between two really good teams. Not a huge total because they're both good defensively. Uh, not as good as they'd like to be, though. In fact, I, you'd be surprised that they're both below average defensive efficient teams in this league. And if I bet you if I quiz people, they'd say they were both in the top half, but they're actually 17th and 18th. So I don't know if some of that's been when they've had people out. Those numbers have, have gotten stung a little bit. But these are two teams and two coaches uh, in Nurse and Donovan that know how to coach defense. So I think the numbers are just maybe a little skewed there. But the bottom line is they're 17th and 18th defensively. Pace-wise, nothing to write home about either. 23rd for Toronto, 17th for Chicago. So not a target game, but with that low spread of minus four for Chicago, I think Phoenix uh, – Vegas expects a lot of these Raptors to play uh, as well. So do you go up to the big prices here in Van Vliet at 8-7? Pretty big number there. Levine at 8-3 and DeRozan at 8-2. None of them are ridiculous numbers. They're all playable.
but those are certainly the top three targets in this game. And I wouldn't mind having one of them to, to suit up. Uh, Gary Trent Jr.'s only 5K, so he's going to get a lot of ownership. Uh, only shooting guard eligible, though, on DraftKings hurts him. DraftKings hurts him a little bit, but he's certainly in play. Ananobi at 6-7. Scotty Barnes, if he's in at 6-4. And Pascal Siakam at 8-9. All very playable guys. And then depending on uh, who's in and out, Boucher at 5-9 or Achua at 3-8, you could also uh, discuss in this game. Um, as far as the Chicago side, uh, Desunmu had a game out of his mind, uh, but he's 6-3 now. So that super value on Desunmu is not there anymore. Makes it a tougher play uh, without question. Like I said, Levine and, and DeRozan, very fair at the low eight number. Uh, definitely could commit to one of the two, leaning a little bit more towards Levine uh, over DeRozan for me. Um, Levine had that minutes restriction of like 30 minutes the last game, so I think that's pretty much going to be removed. Vuk at 9-6, he's expensive. Uh, you know, he's had some really good games. The fire symbol has been next to him here, but there are a lot of times he has not gotten to his number, and he's very expensive. So a uh, little concern there. Kobe White at 7-3, a little overpriced, uh, you know, but he will get decent rotational minutes. All right. The other 8 o'clock games, the Denver Nuggets and the Brooklyn Nets. Denver's favored by two. Nice 221 total. We've got Denver and Brooklyn played last night. So both teams coming off, uh, you know, a, a doubleheader here, having to play again tonight. Uh, Denver, uh, with this 221 total, has a 111.5 implied. Brooklyn has a 109.5. Um, so very interesting here. This game has a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, Interest. I think you'll see a lot of people gravitating to this game just because of the big names. Uh, Denver comes in 25 and 21, Brooklyn 29 and 18. Questionable tag on Will Barton, so that's important news. The three guys out for Denver, Canchar, uh, Murray, and Porter. For Brooklyn, we already know they have four guys out. KD, Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, Paul Millsap. So, you know, we're back to that scenario, and Harden paid off the last time. Uh, do you just put Harden in at 11-5 and be done with it because he doesn't have Durant or Irving uh, with him? I, I think it's pretty hard not to do that. Uh, it's certainly going to be high on my list. Uh, Harden is my favorite buy-up right now, and I know it's going to be chalky and, you know, doesn't seem like – it, the, the, just a, a no-brainer play that everybody should play, but I think it is. I mean, that is just heed the usage. Everything that he does for that team when those two guys are out are sort of ridiculous. So I'll start there. Um, as far as pace in this game, Denver's 22nd, Brooklyn 8th. So it is a pace down game for Brooklyn. No question about that. Um so that, you know, after Harden, I'm not sure I'll go anywhere else there. Plus, there's a lot of questions in that rotation, big time. As far as defense, Denver 20th, Brooklyn down to 14th. So they have plummeted out of that top 10 defensively. So it does make for some good plays in this game. I mean, you certainly can't put all your chips in the middle of the table 
and go Joker at 12-4 and Harden at 11-5 and then scramble the rest of the way. But I don't know if I would recommend that. I think to me, you have to choose between Harden or the Joker. You know, they may both get 80 here. I mean, it's possible if this game stays close. They're both in an absolute smash spot. So I certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't say don't play those two guys because they're two phenomenal plays, two of the maybe the two best payups on the whole slate, and they just happen to be playing against each other. So, um, you know, Morris, Barton, Jeff Green haven't really been consistent enough for me. Again, I'm, I don't want 18 or 22 DFS points. And at 4-6, and 4-4, four, four, I get it. They can get there. If it's the right day, they can also sink the ship. Gordon, I have a little more interest in at 6-5, I think. He's shown consistency for a while now after getting dogged so much early in the season. Uh, so he's a possible play. And he's almost half price from the Joker. So, you know, again, the Joker at 12-4 can be considered. After that, just a bunch of guys off the bench for Denver that I'm really not interested in. If I knew Bones Highland was going to play big minutes, I'd like him at 3-4. But uh, we're just not convinced that's going to happen. Now, if Barton does sit, he's questionable, then that combination comes in play. But the, the tough part is they picked up Bryn Forbes in that trade the other day, and he's grabbing some of those guard minutes because he can shoot the ball. So it makes it a little bit more difficult uh, trying to roster up that team. After uh, Harden with Brooklyn, Patty Mills is all the way down to 4-9. He's the second option scoring-wise when Harden's not in there. So uh, I can see firing him up. He would be the only other guy I'd really even consider after Harden. Uh, just a, a group of guys that if you can figure them out, then you're a better DFS player than me. Bembry, Edwards, Sharp, Aldridge, Brown, Claxton, Johnson, Thomas, and even Griffin and Carter. Why not throw them into that insane mix? So. To me, it's like Steve Nash is saying, hey, when Harden, Kyrie, and KD are in, we're just going to ride those boys. Everybody else play a role. If any of those guys are out, it's going to be positioned by committee, and we're going to rotate guys around, give guys minutes, young guys, old guys, and they have a, a wild combination of guys. But if you can consistently tell me you think they're you know, a great play night after night, I, I don't agree with you. I just think there's way too much volatility uh, really in that 10-person rotation uh, after uh, the three bigs, which one, which two of them are out. So Harden, a possibility with Mills, and no thanks. I don't, I'm out of Tums, and, and uh, I don't need that stress for Brooklyn. All right, the, uh, that is it for the 8 o'clock games. We have a, an 8.30 game, Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs. Memphis is favored by four. Solid 228.5 total, 116.25 implied for Memphis, 112.25 for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, interesting game here. Not one I'm excited about, but interesting. Memphis comes in at 32 and 17, San Antonio at 18 and 30. We have a questionable tag on Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark. Three guys out for Memphis Anderson, Brooks, and Jones. For San Antonio, San Antonio, just one designation, Kata Bates' job is out. 
So how do we look at this game? Where is there any good plays in this game? Well, number one, the Spurs are on the second night of a back-to-back. So go ahead and get popped, load up on some Spurs, and then uh, scream and yell at your TV. But uh, it is the second night of a back-to-back. And when you look at pace here, Memphis is uh, fifth in pace and Spurs seventh. So that does get my interest. Fifth and seventh is no joke. These two teams get up and down the floor. 228 and a half is a nice number. Defensively, Memphis is eighth, and we know the last couple of months they've been a top three defense. Spurs are only 19th. So quite a bit to unpack here. I mean, John Moran, always a first option. He's 9'9", but you know he's going to be guarded by DeJounte Murray, who's 9'8". So uh, Murray is, to me, a, an all NBA defensive player. Uh, and it just that scares me a little bit with Jaw, but at 9-9, that's just such a big payup price. I love him. He can break the slate, but I, I don't think this is the right spot um, for him. Uh, if Desmond Bain's not back, you know, it gives me a little more uh, interest in Morant just because you know Bain's shot attempts, all of that's gone, and it doesn't quite transfer over to the guys that play for him, like Melton and Conchar and and those guys. So uh, that's the only way I'd consider Morant if Bain is ruled out. If if Bain's in and doesn't have any restrictions, I think he's a reasonable play at 6'4". I mean, you know, it's he's not nearly the player Morant is, but he's also 3.5K cheaper. Uh, Zaire Williams at 3'9". You know, I've been tempted, but again, on GPP only. Uh, Jackson can throw good games on the board. I don't trust him at 6'6", especially when Adams does play, because uh, Adams grabs a lot of those rebounds at 4'5". But you've got two big, bulky, strong centers with Adams against Pirtle. Pirtle's no small guy. At, you know, he's uh, 6'2", though, a little pricey there. So I'm not really fond of of either bigs here. Um and then the bench, you've got a pretty deep bench here. Nobody that I'm comfortable going to, though, uh, unless Bain is out. Uh, at that point, I would consider uh, a Melton, a Conchar, you know, somebody like that. But they're getting a lot of play from their backups, uh, Tilly and Aldama. They've been playing a lot behind Jackson and Adams. Uh, I think they're really developing well. Uh, so not want, don't want any part of any of those split minutes. So not super high on the Grizz tonight, and I usually like the Grizz. Uh, you know, you've got Morant at that 9-9 and Desmond at 6-4, but uh, just not real fired up to get on that bandwagon today. Murray, do you pay up 9-8-4? I mean, it's possible. Um, you know, he has gotten a lot of triple doubles. He smashed some slates, but that is a big number to get to uh, against a good Grizzlies team, a top 10 defensive team. So, as normal, I very rarely get to Murray. I like him a lot. I think he's awesome, but it just I don't get to him very often. Oh, no, they're going to pound my ceiling in right on top of me here. Um, Derek White, you know, 5'9", risky, but he's been much more consistent since he's come back. You can consider him. Um, after that, though, forget it, man. I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm just so frustrated trying to figure anything out with these guys that I think pretty much stink. I'm sorry. McDermott, Johnson, Vassell, Walker, 
Bates Yops out, but uh, you know, Eubanks, Landell, Trey Jones, that young, who knows who's going to get into these games. And I get it. Cell can play, you know, Keldon Johnson can play Walker can play, but they're all going to split minutes. It's the second night of a back-to-back. There's no way any of these guys are getting 30 minutes that I just mentioned. Yes. On Murray and white, they will hurdle could, but uh, you know, backcourt guys for both teams here. I wouldn't mind a one-off on each side. All right. Two games left real quickly. We would love to have you at DFS coach talk. Go to dfscoachtalk.com. We have a great uh, offer right now. Now it's called the Four Sports Special, and it, it goes from the day you sign up all the way until the end of the NBA playoffs on June 16th. So you get all of our sports. We have four sports that we do. We focus and try to be the best of the best at the NBA, PGA, MLB, and NBA uh, and NFL. Those four are our sports. Uh, we think we perform as high as anybody in the industry uh, in those. We do not offer badminton and, uh, you know, uh, all the crazy sports, field hockey, you name it. Uh, we just don't think, you know, if you can't be an expert in something and smash it, uh, why do it? So not saying anything negative about any of our competitors. Go for it. But we're focused on on winning in those four major sports. Um, we'd love to have you try us out. Uh, we've got, again, if you don't want to go for the the big commitment through June, then uh, try us out for uh, three days for 10 bucks, a week for 25, uh, you know, just like entering one contest. I think you'll love our, our Discord. We have a great team here uh, at Coach Talk that, that does a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, we, we treat every member as family. We really do. And that's that's important to what we do. So. Look forward uh, to having you try us out. If you're watching on YouTube right now, quick thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, give us a comment, just hello, whatever. Uh, enjoy the podcast, to do you know, ask a question, whatever you need to do. But the combination of hitting the subscribe button, the thumbs up, and giving us a, a quick word really helps us move up the algorithm uh, on YouTube. And we do this in front of the paywall seven days a week for the NBA. We've got a great podcast coming out today for the championship week uh, in the NFL. Our PGA podcast posted on Monday because the tournament started today. You can catch that uh, once a week also. Uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss any of those and you're watching on YouTube, hit the little uh, bell, the alert button in the top corner. That'll let you know when any of our podcasts post. Uh, if you're listening to our audio podcast, where everywhere podcasts can be heard, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. Take a second, give us five stars, quick little comment again, couple of words. That qualifies you for a drawing for a full one-week all-access membership to Coach Talk. And that is drawn at the end of every month. And we are getting close to that. It is the 26th. So uh, we're less than a week away from that drawing, so uh, we would appreciate that as well. All right, two games, late slate. We may have to do it tonight, folks. The uh, our, our members that are listening, we will probably have a two-game after-hours slate that we will offer for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. So uh, 
big alert there. Also wanted to mention, I don't know if, if uh, a lot of you caught it or not. I was on with Gundacker uh, on Monday. Was it Monday? I believe that uh, we did a podcast a collaboration together. Um, I'm He's actually going to be on with me this coming Monday. Uh, and uh, we're going to collab on, on uh, the Coach Talk podcast. So excited to work with him. He's a, a terrific guy. And, uh, we, you know, trying to support each other, collab, get up there with the big boys. So, and uh, also was invited back, probably going to do another uh, uh, live stream with him next week. So we'll keep that going. And it seemed to draw a lot of interest. People enjoyed it. So uh, he's at uh, Run DFS. And of course, we're here at Coach Talk. So look forward to that. All right. After our slate, here we go. 10 o'clock, Phoenix, Utah. Phoenix by three and a half, 224 and a half total, 114 implied for the Suns, 110 and a half uh, for the Utah Jazz. So another great matchup here of two powerhouse West teams, 37 and nine Phoenix and 30 and 18 Utah. Designations, Phoenix has a long list here. Eight and out, Crowder, Kaminsky, McGee, Nader, Payne, and Sarge all out. For Utah, no Gobert and Mitchell. Their two best players out. So even though we got this huge game, we have some major players that are not going to be in the mix. So how does that shake out, and does this make a, a for a good game for DFS? Well, the good news is this is that other game that I was talking about, the third game of the night, that has uh, no back-to-back. It's not the second or first night. This is an island game. So even though all those guys are out, uh, really narrows down to some, I think, really good plays. Phoenix is 13th in pace and Utah 18th. So the combination, very average pace, not going to be a negative uh, in any way. The negative part is Phoenix is second and Utah is 10th in team defensive efficiency. So you do have two terrific defensive teams here. But because of some of the guys that are out, you know, it's what we talked about earlier, that usage number just dives towards people. So there's some definite interest I have here. We might as well mention right off the bat, Bismack Biombo is going to be a chalk. He's going to be a highly owned player today, and he deserves to be. You've got his other two counterpart centers uh, in Aiton and McGee out. So, 5-5 Bismack Biombo, take the free square, move on down the road. It is what it is. I sort of hate when there's free squares like that. But as a blocker, whatever you got to do, it's a center spot. I know that sucks too. But, you know, he puts 40 up or 35 even, uh, you know, at that price. It's it's so hard to pass up. And he should get big minutes. Uh, the backup center is going to be Jalen Smith at 3-6. You know, if you feel like, you know, Biombo's a veteran and Monty Williams is going to split minutes between Biombo and Jalen Smith. Now, we haven't seen him play at all. He's been buried as the fourth center now. Uh, but when he did play before they picked up Biombo, he was very good. So I wouldn't count him out. I'd, I may use him in a GPP because if he grabs 20 minutes, uh, I think Jalen Smith can smash that 3 6 number. But there's risk involved. Wouldn't do it in cash. Uh, Chris Paul at 9K, fine play here. Devin Booker at 9.7 has been in a groove. I like Booker here at pay up. 
Um, Mikhail Bridges at 5'9 can get it done. Cam Johnson came through for us at 4'3. He's a terrific play. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Biombo. Bench is going to be a little thin. Really, probably, you know, Smith, Shamit, Alfred Payton. Uh, they're, they definitely are not uh, deep. So I'll be rostering more than likely two sons on this slate tonight, uh, just determining uh, you know, what combination of those four guys and, and re or five guys, I should say, because all five are into consideration for me. Uh, probably Biombo is the cheap one and more than likely I'll pay up for either Paul or Booker. But if I don't find the funds there, I'm fine getting the second uh, son being either Bridges or Johnson. I, I think that uh, Cam Johnson's an up and comer and that four, three price is really good on the jazz side. Hassan Whiteside at 6'6", you know, another guy that's in a position that he's going to be playing big minutes at center. You know, he's he's uh, 1,001 uh, higher than Biombo. I prefer Biombo over him. I know Whiteside can smash. I just always talk about the fact I just don't trust Whiteside. He gets in foul trouble. He just sometimes plays like airheaded basketball, but other times he dominates. So, um not a huge fan, probably not going to have, but I think he'll be very popular. And I wouldn't blame you for, for going white side here. Makes sense. 6-6 six, six isn't a giveaway, though. Uh, Conley at 7-2, Ingles at 5K, Bogdanovich at 6-9, and maybe even O'Neal at 4-8 uh, slip into play. I think Conley, Ingles, and Bogdanovich are your three main targets here, and they're all priced decently. Um, if you want to go with a second jazz player and you don't uh, want to use Whiteside, Clarkson at 7-4, possibly. Uh, Rudy Gay at 4-4. Trent Forrest started and played really well at 3-5. And then, you know, you can go a little deeper. Uh, Daniel House broke the slate the other day at 3-2. But that's when none of the jazz played. So uh, I'm not falling for the trap with Forrest, Pascal, House, even gay. I don't, I mean, you know, I just don't think you need to go there with a lot of the guys back from Utah. I do think some of those guys will get minutes, but not enough to make my cash lineup. I'm sticking with the guys. I expect to get 35 plus uh, specifically Bogdanovich, uh, even O'Neal a little bit Ingles and, and Conley, I think will play more, uh, you know, not 35, but he'll get a decent amount of minutes. So a lot of exposure to this game. Uh, I like it, and I think you'll see uh, that this game uh, is going to have a good effect uh, on the slate. All right. <laughs> These guys are going to break down my entire house here. Uh, Dallas Mavericks at Portland Trailblazers, the other 10 o'clock game. It is Dallas minus five. It's a 216 total. Dallas and Portland played last night, so... Uh, both of these teams are on the second night of a back-to-back -back, as opposed to the other 10 o'clock game. So that hurts a little bit. And then you had uh, Tim Hardaway go down. He got hurt pretty bad. It's not looking good. Uh, he may be out for quite some time last night. So that was disappointing. But uh, Dallas, like I say, is five five-point favorite, 216. 110 and a half implied for Dallas. Uh, 105 and a half for Portland. Um, Phoenix is 30. I'm sorry. Dallas is 27 and 21. These guys pounding are driving me crazy. Dallas is 27 and 21. Portland is 20 and 27. Uh, Sterling Brown questionable. He's been out of the rotation again, Tim Hardaway out probably for some time 
for Portland. Nazir Little, that's big news. He is questionable. I really need to know that. The guys that are out, Lillard, Nance, and Zeller. So, statistically, Dallas, second slowest team in the league at 29th. Portland is 15th. So, you know, there's going to be some uh, some slow play here. Certainly not the pace that we, we really think is conducive. Dallas is fourth in the league in defense, although you wouldn't have thought that last night against Golden State. They played poorly, uh, but they are fourth. Portland, we know, is terrible. They're 27th. So, you know, the, the million-dollar question is your other pay-up spot, Luka. Uh, he's 11-1, which is expensive, but we know he can break a slate. Um, you know, I don't know if that's the other spot to go for your payup, but certainly a good option. Definitely a strong option for the after hours slate. I, I will have him there. I uh, don't think he's going to make my cut, though, for the overall main slate for the big payup. Jalen Brunson is a good price at 5-7. Maxi Kleb at 3-6. Chris Dapps, he was awful. You never know what you're going to get from him. At 7-6, but he can always break a slate as well. Uh, you know, how's Hardaway's uh, absence going to affect things? Probably get a little bit more play from Reggie Bullock, who's not the worst play at 3-3. Three, three. Um, wouldn't go for any of the other guys. Uh, you know, I can't say Finney Smith or Powell or Green or any of those guys uh, are going to be effective. You may get a little bit of Frank Nidalekina, Back into the rotation with Hardaway out, he's 3-1, but definitely can't go there. So really, you either pay up for Luka or you take the chance on Chris Dapps. Or uh, if you want to go cheaper, again, uh, Jalen Brunson of 5-7, that's the cheapest he's been uh, in a while. So he's probably my favorite play on that side. Portland, Simon 7K, McCollum 7-3. So very fair priced guys. But again, Uh, going against a really good defensive and very slow team in Dallas. Although it is a back-to-back and they didn't look good last night. So, uh, you know, it does give those guys an opportunity. Uh, Nazir Little, if he's in, he's 4-9, super good price, uh, but we don't have that news. Covington and Nurkic, uh, the two bigs uh, for Portland, I think are both interesting to me. Covington has had a few poor games, but he had really been getting it together, and he's cheap at 5-5. I think Nurk, if he gets the big minutes on the back-to-back at 7-7, I think can really take advantage of some of that interior defense from the Mavericks, although it has gotten much better. Uh, You know, I used to plug and play the, the center against the Mavs every day, but it's not automatic. But Nurkic is in uh, at 7-7 as a, as a possibility. Norman Powell also at 6'3", especially if Little's out. Uh, and then after that, it becomes very thin. All right, my friends, that is a big bunch of important games with a massive amount of news. I hope, it, and they're they're going out in style, smashing the, the roof in. So I hope that didn't distract you too much. Hope that uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, I hope that this really helped you. And I know Dirk's fired up for the late game. I love when the Mavs are on the West coast and get some late night basketball, but uh, enjoy your games today. Hope you enjoyed this entire podcast. Give us a thumbs up uh, quick uh, sub. We'd love to have our subscriber numbers jump up and uh, really appreciate all appreciate all of you. So check out the football 
podcast that we're posting today. It's fantastic. You get a three-man booth with uh, Andrew, Joe, and Josh. So uh, you're getting all the brains of behind football for this big day uh, on Sunday. And then uh, if you haven't checked out our golf pod, check that out. We're also, uh, we provided lineups for the full tournament and we will be providing lineups on Thursday night for the Friday and Saturday golf because they're playing this crazy tournament Wednesday through Saturday for the first time in PGA history because they don't want to bump into the football on Sunday. So uh, check that out. Again, if you get that three Three day, ten dollar. Uh, you get all of our football coming up, all of our basketball, and all of our our uh, uh, PGA. So check us out. We'd love to have you. Appreciate you listening in and spending this time with me. Tomorrow's a small little two gamer, but it's the return of Andrew Hansen. He's going to be doing the the Thursday podcast uh, for uh, now that football slowed down. So for NBA, he and I will be joining forces uh, like the old days here on Thursdays, but it's only a two-game slate. So we will have a lot of time to chat tomorrow. Hopefully these guys are finished with my roof and we don't have that issue. But uh, join us tomorrow for sure because Andrew and I will both be here and we'll be looking to crush it in NBA DFS.